Hi everyone, welcome to Beer and Bants. Uh, we'll go straight in with our tried and tested for this episode, which comes from Salt Brewery, and it's called Crash, which is an American pale ale. Now, it's 5%, it has hints of fruit and pine. Um, got obviously some uh, explanation about what Crash means, I'm sure that's more for our international people rather than, you know, based back at home. But yeah, so this is one that I've had quite a few times. Um, always been quite enjoyable, but I haven't had it for a while, actually. Uh, it's quite light golden in colour, hazy. You can definitely smell the fruit and the very subtle hint of pine from the off. Uh, if you bear with me, I'll have a quick swig and then give you some analysis. Okay, so instantly you do get that like very fruity flavour. Not over the top, but you definitely have fruitiness to it. Very light on the palate, quite clean. Um, I would say very subtle bitterness, um, but nothing that's massively overpowering. So if you're more of a um, heavy-hitting IPA fan, then this may not be for you. However, for the type of beers that I enjoy, I do enjoy an American Pale Ale, I enjoy a fruity beer, I do like a bit of subtle bitterness as well. So for me, I find it a quite a nice, well-balanced, all-rounder, not too strong, easy drinking, very sessionable. Yeah, if you haven't tried it, I would definitely recommend it. It's very, um, I don't think it's a beer that necessarily is prominent throughout the year, I think it tends to come in batches, um, but when you can find it, sometimes you can find it on salts. Um, website direct but yeah I would definitely give it a blast I think it's a really lovely summer drink very easy drinking very sessionable and ultimately one that's um, very nice with the barbecue with the sun shining I don't think you can really beat it so yeah I'm just going to have another quick more swig see if I can analyse any other flavours No, I think I've, I've pretty much summed it up. I mean, it's not overly complex. It is very much a simple drink. Um, you know, if you're into your heavy, heavy crafts, it's, it may not be for you. But for people definitely venturing into it, I would definitely recommend having a try. So, over the uh, last few months, so I do apologise I've disappeared. But unfortunately, I had some health issues, which kind of took precedence. But I'm back now, and hopefully we can have a bit more of our normality. I have been watching uh, a few new things, which have been quite interesting. One I did actually want to bring up to you, though, is a episode, episode, a series called um, Freddy Flintoff's Field of Dreams. <clears throat> so, Freddy Flintoff's Field of Dreams is, if anybody who doesn't know who Freddy Flintoff is, for more international people, Freddy Flintoff was a uh, England all-round cricketer, um, England international, um, very talented. Obviously, had his um, had his troubles off the pitch, obviously, as a lot of young sports people do. Um, but overall, he's kind of since he's kind of given up cricket, he's become very much a TV personality. So he's quite famous on a league of their own on Sky. Uh, more recently, he's become very prominent with Top Gear. I think the current Top Gear setup, as I've spoken before, I think it's absolutely fantastic. But yeah, he kind of did a uh, series with BBC. So it's called Field of Dreams, where he has gone back to his roots in Preston to try and establish a cricket team for young and underprivileged kids. So when he actually goes back to initially to Preston and he's trying to get people into cricket, they're all looking at, look at him like he's crazy because he's very much a 
football dominated area um, obviously through like Preston North End and so on but for them trying to give kids who wouldn't normally get exposure to cricket because cricket is very much a an elitist sport now I know a lot of people listening wouldn't really class themselves as someone who watched cricket however I personally I've gone into it over the last five years and I actually find it a very enjoyable sport Partly for the sport and actually partly for the atmosphere when you go there. Because it's very relaxed, drink, food. It's kind of got that baseball element. Um, especially with the likes of uh, the 100 and 2020. You know, so it only lasts a few hours. And it's just a, a nice event. And there's always something going on for the kids as well to keep them occupied. So it's very much more of a family orientation. Whereas, obviously, football is very much focused at adults. A lot of swearing, a lot of aggression. Um, oh. I say football, soccer if you're international. But yeah, so it is one of those... Um, it, it, I think cricket is actually a very enjoyable sport, but obviously it's each to their own. Now, throughout the, it's only a three-part series. It should be available on iPlayer if you haven't seen it. But um, the kind of big takeaways from it is how many kids can actually develop and get a hobby, develop friends, develop structure, develop something that not necessarily been prominent throughout their lives up until this point. Uh, there's a couple of uh, key kids that they focus on. So there's Sean, I think it was, who was a 15-year-old, constantly being you know, kicked out of school because of you know, bad behaviour. Uh, Ben, I think it was, who was an 18-year-old lad who was previously been homeless and was just trying to get his life on track. Um, Aman, who was a... Um, you may have seen that on um, like social media if, you, if you're if you on any of those. Aman was a... Um, I believe he was an Afghan refugee who, man, who actually did come over, pretty much walked and you know hitchhiked from Afghanistan to Calais came over and um, cut himself out of a truck in Preston, which he had no idea where Preston was, um, and handed himself straight into the police. Now, obviously, there's some people have like, you know issues with refugees. I I understand why some people can be cautious about it, but you know, no one knows the backgrounds. However, I don't know. You know, people wouldn't make this journey unless they, you know, there's something that they're trying to protect themselves from or their family. So. But we never know. But the actual individual story for Aman, he was basically a 16-year-old lad, no family, um, was in a place he didn't know, didn't speak the language, got stuck with a foster family, and um, he was the only thing he loved. And he'd never really seen electricity. You know, television was a, a novelty. The only thing he actually loved in his life was cricket. So he gets... Um, into the team and makes a big shift because he's the only person who's actually had like cricket exposure prior to um, the documentary series, and that changes the dynamic quite a lot. So I don't. It's one of those ones I want to give enough for you to actually find it interesting to actually watch the program. So I genuinely, genuinely believe it is a good program to watch. However. Um, <laughs> Sometimes you give away too much information, it spoils it, and you don't actually end up enjoying the series as much. But if you haven't seen it, 
please, please give it a, a whirl. I don't think you'll be disappointed. I say you don't need to be a cricket fan. You don't even need to be a Freddie Flintoff fan. I think it's just if you're into um, anything that's where like based around um, society or you know development or anything like those or anything you just gen- just anything that piques an interest, I think you will genuinely enjoy it. <clears throat> but yeah, that's. Um, one of the key ones I did actually bring wanted to bring uh, a focus on. So I'll very quickly uh, finish off the crash before I move on to the Peter Falk for the episode. So bear with me. So the Peter, uh, the I'll skip my words out in a moment. The uh, <laughs> tried and tested was crash from Salt Brewery. Definitely recommended. Absolutely fantastic beer. Now moving on to the Peter Falk. This is one I haven't tried before, and it's quite interesting now this came from a brew dog box i believe i no longer have the subscription but it's one of the ones i did save for this very purpose so this uh is made from a company called zakur which is a czech black lager now it's 5.4 percent these particular ones uh they don't really I've, well in the booklet they did give you a brief but i haven't I've, as I have two young children, I have no idea where these books have gone. Probably in the bin, knowing uh, my luck. But yeah, so Czech Black Lager. Um, I quite like a lot of Czech lagers. However, I've had some of their darker beers. So um, I think it's um, Budweiser Budvar. Um, they do a dark one. And I've had... Uh, is it Kruzovic? Something along those lines. Um, again, like a darker lager style beer um I, as a general rule i would say i am not a fan of those they're much more heavier much more dense in the flavor very much if you're if you're liking your kind of like your porters your stouts they're very much geared towards those lines they're very much of a winter feel um so as people who know the type of taste that i like it doesn't really angle itself at me but i thought i'd give it a try so having a quick look it doesn't look massively hazy as you expect with a lager it is very dark kind of a caramel color very similar to the likes of i would say the consistency the look is very similar to like a newcastle brown ale um kind of it's not really thick enough to be like a mild or an original it's much more of a uh a lighter texture, um, but with the body, we'll find it in a bit. So on the nose, I'm kind of getting a very subtle caramel aroma, but it's not something that, there's not really a lot of flavours coming out of it, which, again, what you probably kind of expect with a lager sort of style beer. So what I'll do is I will go in and I will see what flavours we can get out of it. Okay, so it is pretty much what I was expecting. So it's it's a lot smoother than I anticipated, if I'm, I am completely honest. I was expecting much more of a harshness to it. But it's very subtle, very smooth on the palate. You do have those kind of burnt caramel flavours that you would identify with a dark beer. Um, but not so in your face that it becomes all conquering. I do think it's there's not a lot of complexity to it. I can't really identify much apart from a a caramelly lager really is probably the full round like t- 
taste I can get from it. Um, but it's not something that's making me recoil. It's a lot more enjoyable than I, I would have expected before I actually opened the can. I was expecting to you know, be completely repulsed with it, if I'm honest. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very light in texture. Quite sessionable, I would go to say as well. Especially if you're into these type of things. Or if you're just starting out. It's definitely one that would open your horizons, but not be too much to put you off. Um, I'll just have a quick click and get anything else. Um, no, it's just a, a quite well-balanced, um, slightly bitter caramelly lager. Um, there's not really a lot else I can say from it, really. Um, yeah, so in that case, what I'll probably do is just move on to chatting some more crap, shall I? Right, so as a lot of people would be aware, over in England and the UK at the moment, there's quite a, a lot of sporting events going on. So at the moment, we've got the women's Euros uh, going on. Uh, the final is due on Saturday, where um, England have managed to make their way through, the Lionesses, which is quite good. Uh, and also in the Midlands, we've just had the Commonwealth Games start as well. So the opening ceremony was yesterday. Um, I haven't seen it all myself, but I have seen snippets because I want to watch it with my family. Um, but there's, a, there's actually quite a good hype around it locally. Um because as, as a lot of you are aware, I'm already based in the West Midlands, if the accent didn't give it away. But locally, um, in a town centre near me, they've got big screens set up. They've got deck chairs, um, picnic tables, mini beach with the big table on, so the kids can occupy with the get occupied while the parents are watching the sports. Um, they're cheering, getting behind the athletes. And I... Uh, it's quite refreshing, really, because Britain as a whole, we tend to be quite a cynical bunch. So, you know, before the London Olympics in 2012, I remember there was a lot of negativity, thing. oh, it's going to be crap in comparison with what Beijing did. But actually, the, uh, you know, there's been pleasantly surprised and actually a lot of pride that was going into supporting um, the homegrown athletes. Um, I think it's kind of... Sp- bird a lot from that point and actually it's quite nice to see again people getting similarly be like behind it but actually it's not just being based in london london obviously is very good very good setup for like big events such as like the olympics and things but it's nice to have a focus on different areas because there's, i think there's a lot of areas that get underutilized in the uk um that obviously in England you have the likes of Birmingham, you have Leeds, you have Manchester, Liverpool, uh, Newcastle, uh, up in Scotland, obviously Edinburgh, Glasgow, um, you know, Belfast over in Northern Ireland, Wales, you've got some good places that you could potentially like do things such as Cardiff, Swansea, you know, it's, I think it's nice to shine a light on the overall beauty of Britain and not just the London one obviously there, there is some things that are really nice about London but I think it's there's a lot of culture there's a lot of history and there's a lot of difference about the way in which the UK is made up and I think that's what makes the UK special the fact there is so many different things and different people and different backgrounds and although it 
you know, as a general rule, can be quite grumpy. We're generally quite accepting and actually like to explore different cultures and foods and environments. So <clears throat> I'm actually quite excited with the uh, Commonwealth Games, I'm, I must admit. And we are, me and my family are going to see uh, hockey. So just normal field hockey. I've never seen it before live. I have watched it on the telly. Um, but yeah, we're quite looking forward to that. So we're going as a big family. Uh, some of the people I work with, so uh, one person has been to be the gone to see the Rugby Sevens down in Coventry today. Uh, I believe they've got another event next week. I can't remember off the top of my head. Somebody else is going to um, cricket at Edgebaston um, tomorrow and then following up with uh, the Athletics next week. And I think it's... Yeah, a lot of these people have never been to these type of sporting events. So we we purposely picked because it was done on like an allocation. We purposely picked sports to go and see that we hadn't had exposure to previously. Um, because I think that's important when you have these big events. It's not about the stuff you actually you know and go and see regularly. So I go and see rugby regularly. I go and see cricket regularly. Um, I haven't really seen much athletics live, uh, but my wife has. So. But I think it's important to try and get as exposed to different things as possible, especially for like young kids. Because if you go and see you know, your homegrown teams in a sport you've never seen, you may actually like, register something in their head and actually they want to like, pursue that avenue. Um, yeah, they may also may not, but especially for a lot of kids, a lot of kids kind of get pushed out because they don't like football or rugby or cricket or you know motorsports or anything like that so actually if you're given exposure to something different it could be something like tennis could be basketball could be badminton beach volleyball it doesn't need to be anything massively mainstream as long as <clears throat> that child develops an interest develops some friends develops a good social structure surely it can only ever be beneficial um I've, I realise I do digress and kind of gone, you yeah, know, very philosophical, I suppose. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm, I personally am looking forward to it. And um, if you haven't got any tickets, hopefully you're at least watching it on the TV and getting behind the country and just enjoying it all, really. <clears throat> Obviously, moving on from the uh, Commonwealth, one of the big things, especially in England, the starting this weekend... The English Football League, the Premier League, uh, is all due to start, I believe. Um, some of the games for the Championship have started tonight. Uh, and it's one of those ones where I believe the National League um, are also starting within a couple of weeks as well. So, as I've spoken before, I'm not a massive football um, fanatic. However, I did go to my first game for 15 years on last weekend. So my son wanted to go and see uh, a football match. I did try and convert him to something else, but he was adamant he wanted to go. So we went and watched a friendly uh, of West Bromwich Albion versus Hertha Berlin. Uh, the reason why I picked that was because West Brom was the team that I used to follow when I was into football before I kind of branched out into other things. Uh, overall, he did enjoy the football. However, having the constraints of actually sitting there in his seat rather than running around having the fun like he had at the cricket... Um, I think that kind of put him off a little bit, but overall, he did say say he like you know he enjoyed his experience there, so that was quite nice. But I think a lot of people will be more into the football season starting than myself. But <laughs> yeah, 
I just thought I'd shine a light just in case people weren't aware or, you know, they lose their husbands without finding out why. Right, so I'll quickly finish off the Zakur, which is the Czech Black Lager. Much more enjoyable than I expected. Yes, there is that kind of <clears throat> multi caramel flavours to it, but it's very delicate, not overly in your face, very sessionable and drinkable. Overall, probably one of the nicest surprises on I uh, would have expected. Now, moving on to the around the world for this episode. So this one is called Mucho, which is from now in Lanzarote. Now, this one is just a IPA. It's 6.5%. Um, and as I don't really speak Spanish very well, I can't really tell you a lot about what's going on. It does say... Tres Maltas, so I'm sort of like triple malt maybe. Um, but apart from that, generally I can't really say a lot. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> right, so let's have a quick look at it, shall we? So this one is hazing, but not massively hazy. Uh, much more of a darker, deeper cult, like golden colour. Not amber, but definitely somewhere in between the two. Um, on the nose you can sense a bit of the bitterness but again I can't really there's nothing standing out let's have a quick swig and see what we can get okay so considering 6.5% you don't really get a lot of punch from it um, quite delicate initially as you take the sip um, as it flows through, you do get a very subtle fruitiness. Um, not a lot, so it's not like a, a big hitting citra or anything like that. It's just a very, very subtle hint of fruit. Very smooth. And then you do get that little bit of a traditional IPA bitterness bite at the end. But nothing massively overpowering at all. Uh, for the actual type of drink it is, I actually think that's very pleasant um it's not quite what i was expecting because the, the bottle art is a bit more caricature deep red with the green so you're kind of thinking oh is it going to be a big punchy big hitter um that's the kind of vibe i was getting from it but no it's actually the exact opposite i would say it was much more subtle um delicate but you do have those the key points you need for an ipa so purists won't be oh that's not an ipa there is the elements there that you need for an ipa but it's just not a um just not as in your face i actually think that is very very moorish and very delicious can't really pick much else upon the aroma though there's definitely something there but i can't identify it you know so maybe if somebody else tries it they can tell me what it is um yeah, it's just a very, very nice drink. Um, I can't really identify much else apart from that. As I said, the fruitiness, the smoothness, the bitterness, the smooth uh, start, but then a nice little bittery finish. Very, very pleasant. So if you are over in Atterotti, definitely give that a blast because I think it's worth every penny. Right. Um, I did think I'd very briefly shine a light on a Australian diner. So the Australian diner that has been quite popular in the news recently, especially if you're uh, on your social media, is a diner called Karen's Diner. 
So, Karen, as we're probably fully aware, it's based around, it's a term that's been coined over the last few years when somebody is grumpy, moans a lot for the sake of moaning, they're kind of referred to as a Karen. Probably a bit derogatory towards people who actually name Karen, but you know, it's kind of become a, a popular term. So, Karen's uh, Diner is a Australian-based company where the you go to a restaurant and the waiters and waitresses are deliberately rude to you, but you're not allowed to be rude back. That is a very, very key point which I will bring up later. So, they've been dotted around Australia and they've now landed in the UK as well, but either in Sheffield and also there's one coming in Birmingham. Um, yeah, so... There's people when you, if you film them, they'll be deliberately rude and you know swear at you, throw your plates at you, kind of thing. Not literally, but you know, you know when you have a grumpy like waiter or waitress and they just literally just plonk it down on the table with absolutely zero care. It's very much that kind of feel. Now the way they set it up to be a bit more family friendly versus all at adult is supposed to be a kid friendly time up until 5 p.m. and then after 5 p.m. it's pretty much you know no holes barred now in the news today um karen's line has actually been forced to apologize because a family in australia went to karen's line during the child friendly section so it was well before five o'clock um as the one of the, um, as the family, so you had the mother and father, um, young lady and a young lad, I believe. Um, when the young lady was actually on, you know, I think she was doing like TikTok or something on the lines, filming a video, uh, the waiter walked past and went, oh, are you on OnlyFans? Um, which, you know, for a young girl, I can imagine is quite shocking. Uh, they apparently then, um, simulated uh, masturbation with a glory finish on the table and then um, when the daughter was shocked and sat on the dad's lap for comfort apparently the waiter then referred to them as a pedo so I'm all up for a joke as anybody who knows me is well aware I fully understand why they've been forced into apology for that. When you get, you, I think you need to target your audience. So you go there for the rude service, blah 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 blah. But you don't. I think there's a difference between rude service and just being flat out vulgar. I understand how someone, like maybe if they, you know, in their teens, early twenties, may find that type of thing funny. But for me, I do not see the appeal. I. I I struggle with those type of situations where you get bad service anyway. So the fact of going to a restaurant or a diner where it's deliberately like that, I, for me, I just I do not see the appeal whatsoever. I'm sure plenty of people go, and I'm sure it'd be a massive success. And apparently, the food there is supposed to be absolutely fantastic, but I just don't get it. Maybe it's the fact I'm getting an old man. <laughs> Because I, I am getting old. Definitely feeling it over the last couple of months. I'm not going to lie. Um, but yeah. Realistically. No. I, I just can't see the appeal with it at all. But there we go. So if you uh, are into being insulted. Um, and generally. Potentially be having your family upset and crying. And wanting to leave. 
maybe Karen's Diners for you. But I think I'll be giving that one a wide berth. I'm probably just trying to stick to find a nice little Greek restaurant instead where the food is good, the service is great, and you end up sitting there for four hours instead of half. So, always good in my opinion. Right, let's very quickly finish off the Mucho. As I say, this is from Now Brewery in Lanzarote, 6.5%. As an IPA, I find this very, very Moorish, very delicate. It's it's perfect for the sunny climate of Lanzarote. I would definitely recommend that if you can get one. Um, but I'll quickly finish this off and then we'll move on to the uh, wild card. So, the wild card for this episode is one that I would know a lot of people would have tried by now. However, I purposely held off just so I can experience it and you can see, like, feel my reaction as we go. So this is from Northern Monk, and it's called Aunt Bessie's Jam Roly-Poly, which is a jam and custard pale ale. Now, I'm all up for fruity beers, you know, love a pale ale. The concept of this for me, I wanted it when it initially came out, which is, what, two years ago? So this was, they did a collaboration between Aunt Bessie, so this was one of the ones they did. So it was Jam Roly-Poly and custard, uh, Jam and Custard Pale Ale. The other one they did was, which is the one I really wanted to try, where they did a roast dinner one. So that was done with roast potatoes and Yorkshire puddings, which, yeah, being a fat British bloke, I'm all over that. But I've never had the opportunity. I'm assuming the fact they didn't bring it back, it obviously didn't work as well as what they'd hoped. However, this one has become much more mainstream. So you can get it, uh, I believe I got it from Morrison's. It was only about three quid or something like that. Nothing massive. But I purposely held off because I wanted to experience it with yourselves. So, straight from the off, I would say it's got a rose colour look to it. It's very hazy, as anybody would expect with something like custard in the title. Um, now, Straight from the off, I haven't had a sip yet, but I, the instant aroma is very, very sweet. So I'm picking up the jam, subtle hint of the custard. Uh, I'm not sure that this is going to be an enjoyable experience. However, there's only one way to find out. So bear with me one moment. Hmm. They've classed that as a a pale ale. I would say, with the balance of the custard and the jam mixed with the beer style, that has much more of a sour style feel to it. So like a, a slightly sour beer, but only very slightly. There's a, a big, big sweet punch, which for me, is quite overpowering. If you like your sweet stuff, so if you're into maybe your uh, fruity ciders or those type of elements, anything that's like much more on the sweeter scale, that would be right up your street. However, for me, it is just a gimmick. Um, it's n I wouldn't necessarily say it's a gimmick that works, but I do understand why they're at least trying these different things because it, you know, it, how many people would have bought this can solely for the fact it's got Aunt Bessie's generally Polly and Custard on the front? You know, I did. That's the sole reason I bought it, for no other reason, just because I wanted to try it for the intrigue. However, long term, I don't think it's uh, something that would be necessarily sustainable. But I'm sure they made a pretty penny out of it. 
yeah, I just literally, it, all, all sweetness. So it's literally, you get that initial sweet smack in the face, which I assume mainly is from the jam with a little bit of the custard to it. But that flavour dominates everything. I can't really pick up any bitterness at the end. I can't pick up anything. It's literally just solely the sweetness. Right. Well, I suppose it's come to that time where I make my decisions. I wonder what's going to be in last place. So, in fourth place is going to be the Aunt Bessie's Jam Roly-Poly Jam and Custard Pale Ale. Overall, not my style of beer at all. Um, it, it just hasn't worked in my opinion. I understand why people try it, but for me, it's a big no. Uh, in third place, I will put... I will say, straight from the off though, places one to three are very, very close. I've actually enjoyed these three beers much more than I thought I would. But based solely on the style and the drinks I've had today, I would say... Zakur, which is the Czech black lager, I'll put that in third place, mainly because it's not something I would necessarily go to. However, it was a very, very enjoyable drink, and I would definitely recommend it if you haven't tried it at all. Uh, in second place, I'm going to put Crash, which is a beer I really, really enjoy. I will have it whenever I can see it. You don't tend to see it very much on draft, but if you can, definitely get a point of that. You'll definitely not, you know, regret it at all very enjoyable very fruity easy drinking bit bit more complexity to it but nothing too massive a very nice drink but number one it's got to be the mucho from lanzarote that's it 6.5 percent doesn't taste it very subtle very smooth nice little bit of bite to the end very very sessionable i'm sure your legs will stop working after about four of them if you if you are going to lanzarote definitely get your hands on some I don't think you'll be disappointed whatsoever. So yeah, that is the end of the episode. Slightly shorter than usual. However, as I say, with the things that have gone on uh, privately, it has caused some issues about doing some recordings because I couldn't drink and things like that. So, however, as I say, we're back to normality. So I will be aiming to do a episode once every month. Still trying to get some guests, however, that is proving the hardest part of everything. But I will try and get some different people in just so we can hear somebody else apart from myself. But yeah, thank you very much for taking your time to listen to me again. Hopefully you'll get a chance to enjoy some of the Commonwealth Games. And if not, you'll enjoy them on the telly. But, you know, look after yourselves. Try some different beers. And any recommendations or anything new that you uh, think might be worth having a recommendation or having a try on an episode feel free to pop me a message on social media or send us an email. Um, I think beerandbansatmail.com. Yeah, send it over to me and I will try my very best to get something sorted for you. But in the meantime, look after yourselves and I'll be speaking to you very soon. <laughs>